War and Peace, Book Eleven, Chapter Eighteen. Read for LibriVox.org by Jeff. Chapter Eighteen. For the last two days, ever since leaving home, Pierre had been living in the empty house of his deceased benefactor, Basadev. This is how it happened. When he woke up on the morning after his return to Moscow and his interview with Count Rostovshin, he could not for some time make out where he was and what was expected of him. When he was informed that among others awaiting him in his reception room, there was a Frenchman who had brought a letter from his wife, the Countess Helene. He felt suddenly overcome by that sense of confusion and hopelessness to which he was up to scum. He felt that everything was now at an end, and all was in confusion and crumbling to pieces. That nobody was right or wrong, the future held nothing, and there was no escape from this position. Smiling unnaturally and muttering to himself, he first sat down on the sofa in an attitude of despair, then rose, went to the door of the reception room, and peeped through the crack. Returned, flourishing his arms, and took up a book. His majordomo came in a second time to say that the Frenchman who had brought the letter from the countess was very anxious to see him, if only for a minute, and that someone from Basadev's widow had called to ask Pierre to take charge of her husband's book, as she herself was leaving for the country. Oh yes, in a minute. Wait. Well, no, no, of course. Go and say I will come directly. Pierre replied to the majordomo. But as soon as the man had left the room, Pierre took up his hat, which was lying on the table, and went out of his study room by the other door. There was no one in the passage. He went along the whole length of this passage to the stairs, and frowning and rubbing his forehead with both hands, went down as far as the first landing. The hall porter was standing at the front door. From the landing where Pierre stood, there was a second staircase leading to the back entrance. He went down that staircase and out into the yard. No one had seen him, but there were some carriages waiting. And as soon as Pierre stepped out of the gate, the coachman and the yard porter noticed him and raised their caps to him. When he felt that he was being looked at, he behaved like an ostrich, which hid his head in a bush in order not to be seen. He hung his head and, quickening his pace, went down the street. Of all the affairs waiting Pierre that day. The sorting of Joseph Basadev's book and the papers appeared to him the most necessary. He hired the first cab he met and told the driver to go to the Patriarch's Ponds, where the widow Basadev's house was. Continually turning around to look at the rows of loaded cars that were making their way from all sides out of Moscow, and balancing his bulky body so as not to slip out of the ramshackle old vehicle. Pierre, experiencing the joyful feeling of a boy escaping from school, began to talk to his driver. The man told him that arms were being distributed today at the Kremlin, and that tomorrow everyone would be sent out beyond the Three Hills gates, and a great battle would be fought there. Having reached the Patriarch's Ponds, Pierre found the Basdev's house, where he had not been for a long time past. He went up to the gate, Gerasim. That shallow, beardless old man Pierre had seen at Tolzok five years before with Joseph Basadev came out in answer to his knock. Owing to the present state of things, Sofia Danielovna has gone to the 
Sofia Danielovna has gone to the Tozoki estate with the children. Your excellent. Sofia Danielovna has gone to the Tozoki estate. Sofia Danielovna has gone to the Tozoki estate with the children. Your. Sofia Danielovna has gone to the Tozoki estate with the children. Your excellency. I will come in. I will come in all the same. I have to look through the books," said Pierre. "Be so good as to step in, Mark Alex, Mark Alexievich, the brother of my the brother of my late master. May the kingdom of heaven be his. Has remained here, but he is a weak state, as you know," said the old servant. Pierre knew that Mark Alexievich was Joseph Bazadev's half insane brother and a hard drinker. Yes, yes, and yes, yes, I know. Let us go in," said Pierre, and entered the house. A tall, bald-headed old man with a red nose, wearing a dressing gown, wearing a dressing gown, and with a a tall, bald-headed old man with a red nose, wearing a dressing gown, and with glasses on his bare feet, stood in the ante room. On seeing Pierre, he muttered something angrily and went away along the passage. He was a very clever man, but has now grown quite feeble, as your honor sees. He was a very, he was a very clever man, but has now grown quite feeble, as your honor sees," said Jerzyn. "Will you step into the study?" Pierre nodded. As it was sealed up, as it was sealed up, so it has remained. But Sofia, but Sofia Danielovna gave, but Sofia Danielovna gave orders that if anyone should come from you, they were to have the books. Pierre went into that gloomy study, which he had entered with such trepidation in his benefactor's lifetime. The room, dusty and untouched since the death of Joseph Bazadev, was now even gloomier. Gerasim opened one of the shutters and left the room on tiptoe. Pierre went around the study, approached the cupboard in which the manuscripts were kept, and took out what had once been one of the most important and the holy of holies of the order. This was the authentic Scotch axe with Bathsheba's notes and explanations. He sat down at the dusty writing table, and having laid the manuscript before him, opened them out, closed them, and finally pushed them away. And resting his head on his hand, sank into meditation. Jerzym looked cautiously into the study several times, and saw Pierre always sitting in the same attitude. More than two hours passed, and Jerzym took the liberty of making a slight noise at the door to attract his attention, but Pierre did not hear him. Is the cabman to be discharged, Your Honor? Oh yes," said Pierre, rousing himself and rising hurriedly. Look here. Taking Jerzym by a button of his coat and looking down at the old man with moist, shining, and exacting eyes, and Jerzym heard him pacing restlessly from one corner to another and talking to himself, and he spent the night on a bed made up for him there. Jerzym, being a servant who in his time had seen many strange things, accepted Pierre's taking up his residence in the house without surprise. And seemed to please to have someone to wait on. That same evening, without even asking himself what they were wanted for, he procured a coachman's coat and a cap for Pierre, and promised to get him the pistol next day. 
Makar Alexevich came twice that evening, shuffling along in his glasses as far as the door, and stopped and looked ingratiatingly at Pierre. But as soon as Pierre turned toward him, he wrapped his dressing gown around him with a shamefaced and angry look and hurried away. It was when Pierre, wearing the coachman's coat, which Jerusalem had procured for him and had disinfected by steam, was on his way with the old man to buy the pistol at the Sacrof market that he met the Rostovs. End of chapter 18